You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, that's right. Round of applause for everyone. <laughs> Episode 221 of the Black Eagles podcast, and I am your host, Sinan Shorty, live from New York City, where the winter is rearing its ugly head one last time, just as hopefully bad fortunes are doing the same for Besiktas, whether metaphors are flawless, those are undefeated still, at least, give me that, I know about Besiktas, my weather metaphors are on fire, (laughs) (coughs) excuse me, so, we've got ourselves, of course, uh, a derby episode. We gotta talk about the match visiting Galatasaray at the NEF NEF Stadium. Uh, before getting into that, there is of course no real news to speak of. After all the transfer stuff came in hot and heavy for for a little minute there, things have cooled down. Of course, there is. I actually I take it back. There's talk of Jenk Tosin, but. You know, that's depth, that's striker. Certainly a huge need when you look at this season, but like not huge news on the other hand. We all knew it was coming, so without any further ado. Operation is in effect as of right now. So. Go time. Time to talk Besiktas. Time to talk dirty. We got, a, we got a match to discuss, but naturally it was a big one. For Besiktas, we were in a position where a victory would have catapulted us into fourth place, solidly into fourth place, behind Fener. <coughs> we would have had 48 points, passing Bashak Shahir, Alanya Hatay, and Adana Demirspor. We would only be a, a point behind, or rather not two points behind Fener. So seven behind Konya, which would be somewhat problematic, I think, right? After this match, we would still, we would only have nine matches left to play. We currently only have nine matches left to play. More on that later. But so let's talk about the lineups. Where we always begin these affairs, right? Ersin Destanolu and Go, Domagojvida and Nejip Uysal on the back line with Valentin Rosier and Umut Merash on their flanks. Atiba Hutchinson and John 
Bozdoan in the center of our midfield, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, there were reports that Joseph would be available. He was available, though. Perhaps not 100%. Alex Teixeira playing up in front of them. Kenan Karaman out wide on the left. You know, which would have made sense, like, which I suppose because they did make sense even like uh, two weeks ago or so. Since he seems to have fallen back on his face. Let's be honest. Opposite him, of course, Rashid Gazelle and Guven Yalchin given the nod up front. Uh, a bit of a surprise. Certainly, I think most would agree that Mishibachuai deserved to be benched. With that said, it's a big derby game. You'd, you'd think you'd, you'd put your best foot forward for this and he'd, he'd be a part of that, you'd think. Although you don't necessarily criticize the, uh, the thought there. For our rivals, glad to it would be, of course, 23-year-old Spaniard Iñaki Peña in goal. Loney, luckily. 23-year-old Danish defender Victor Nelson. Victor. Already a hit list entry. And, uh, yeah, you know, continuing in fine form. I, won't, I probably won't remember to mention any of it in the match highlights section here, so I'll just put that out there for now. Impetuous as ever, flopping around, grabbing his head when he tripped, and <laughs> stuff like that. Next to him, of course, 25-year-old Brazilian, Marcao. Right back, 30-year-old Norwegian, Omar Elabdelawi. Back from blowing up part of his face or something, you know, with fireworks. Sort of a, a good story, I guess, that he could come back, though. Exactly the most sympathetic story. I mean, he was playing, playing around with fireworks around kids, not less, as far as I'm aware of. But anyway, a recovery. Not, you know, now that he's recovered, we can kind of look critically at that, right? <laughs> um, left back Patrick van Anholt, 31-year-old Dutchman, for them. Thailand Antaliali on the back of their midfield with Sofian Feguli, 32-year-old Algerian, next to. 24-year-old Turk Berkan Kutlu. On their wings, you would have 27-year-old Turk Emre Kilinc opposite 23-year-old Harry Potter fanatic Kerem Akturkoldu. It's a kid story, folks. It's hard to tell you, man. Like, say what you will about fantasy. Oh, it's dorky. It's all dorky. If you're going to criticize one, you can criticize them all. I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings, it's adults. Star Wars, adults. Right? Game of Thrones, adults. Marvel stuff, adults. Right? So, you know, if, if you think like the girl in it is hot or whatever, at least it's a freaking adult. You know what I'm saying? See where I'm going with this? Harry Potter is a kid's movie, kid's book. Grow up, kid. I think your crap is corny. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm being viewed as a hater for this, I'm sure. I'm sure there are a lot of Harry Potter fans amongst our uh, listenership. For whatever reason, I never was one. Uh, perhaps I was a little too old for it when it came around. I, I mean, I, I again, I, it, it's for kids, man. The characters are all kids. You can't, you can't 
discount that fact. But anyhow, he's playing this kid's character with his little wands. Celebration. Turkolu. And up front, 24-year-old Egyptian, Mustafa Mohammed. So what happened? What the heck happened in this match? Well, it was a crazy one. Probably worth mentioning that Glad today was in 13th place coming into this. In a position to, to, to sort of bounce back, but not like... I mean, honestly, both of these teams are washed at this point. This season is, is a wash. But, I mean, it's a derby, right? It was certainly a derby. Gotta, you gotta give it that. Anyhow, so, let's dig in. Seventh minute. El Abdelawi with a cross to Mustafa Mohammed. He sends it wide. Just a bit wide. Not look, looking like he's a bit off, maybe even, right? 14th minute, seven minutes later, on a corner kick, Rashid Ghazal sends it in. in on, on, it's like a perfect curling effort. It's sort of like glances off of Nejib, off of sort of slash his head slash back, coming down towards the goal. Kenan, if he gets any piece of his body on it, it's a goal. I mean, obviously, with the exception of his hands, because then it wouldn't be. But, you know, if he just, like, wheels like his head onto it into just to confirm that it's going in the back of the net anything nope he sort of passively steps back and lets El Abdelawi comfortably clear it off the line I mean it was comfortable in so far as he had no one around him or no, no stress but of course it was all very nearly a goal still he barely got it over the, to the crossbar but yeah very close to a goal no doubt so far, that's the best chance by far, and that would remain the best chance for some time. 15th minute, um, Kenan Karaman would sort of get control of the ball after a nice little ball pass forward from Atiba. He would send it back and out towards Rashid Ghazal after he was sort of rebuffed defensively. Rashid Ghazal would cross it in very nicely into Atiba, onto his head, and his header would hit the post and come back out into play, and Alex would get on the other end of it, and he'd sky it on the volley. And, uh, yeah, not ideal. Again, could have been, should have been. Supposedly there may have been an offsides in the build-up to that. It wasn't called. Maybe it would have been if they, if they, I mean, I'm sure they would have looked at it. We'll, we'll get into refereeing in this match later. By all means, two huge opportunities for Besiktas squandered. And then the 16th minute, it's Kerem Akturkolu coming forward on the counter dangerously off a pretty decent pass from Berkan Kutlu. Uh, he cuts it back exceptionally well. Sends in a shot low and looking sort of pinpoint precise, but Ersin gets down. And uh, yeah, you know, Kind of a clash between two young, highly valued prospects on either side of the ball, right? A keeper and an attacker. And Arison wins this battle. But uh, that, that would be one of few. <laughs> uh, 20th minute, Kerem Turkolu 
some sort of magic along the byline. Oh, magic, what am I doing? I'm playing into this stupid. <sighs> Kid's good, all right, whatever. Kedem Akturkola, nice dribbling along the byline. Somehow gets a shot on target, um, cutting it in, I guess. Past the keeper in this case, however, it's knocked off the line by Umut. Well done. Where was the defense though? You know, this was the sort of tale of the night. The guys weren't like magicians on the ball, frankly. I just said he did magic. Just, I don't know why I did that. But there really wasn't, there wasn't magic at all. And, and this next play would be a perfect example of that. 22nd minute, Mustafa Mohammed getting the ball, not like being fancy on it by any stretch, just kind of moving clearly forward. And our defenders just flailing around like morons. First Amagajvita, then Nejip. Both like kind of trying those like weird sliding tackles where you just get in the way of shots. But preemptively and like Muhammad was just dribbling. <laughs> so I don't know, they were they were really nervous in the back. I mean there was a lot of action back there in these first twenty minutes, back and forth, but clearly it, it spooked us more than them. And, and the sort of weird tackling was an example of it. Anyhow, Mustafa Muhammad sends the ball back really well, leading Kadem Akhtukola onto it perfectly, and he would just sort of slam it in volley into the back of the net. I mean, he's got... I mean, the whole goal wide open to him. It's like perfectly placed. Slow trickler into his path. It would be harder for him to miss this than not. So, in, in this sense, no magic necessarily. But of course, he does a stupid little Harry Potter thing. whoop the freaking do kid. You like Harry Potter. You and like bunch of weird boomer moms you know but anyhow moving on <sighs> you can tell I'm grumpy today folks 25th minute corner kick Rashid Ghazal finds Guven his header glances off of Ativa who's onside but in this case Iñaki Pena gets down and saves what looks to be a sure goal ha no biggie like three clear opportunities. O only one of them saved, I guess. But <sighs> 31st minute. Kadem. Oh no. Most of our Mohammed, rather. <sighs> Races onto a ball that Umut Medash should probably clear. Instead, Umut Medash takes the charge from the back. Um, Mustafa Muhammad kind of digging into the back of his leg, sort of knocking him down, and giving him a little bit of an elbow charge up top, which should just be a foul. But of course, in this case, somehow it's not. And when you you know it should be a foul when the uh, the BNUSA guy, BNUSA guy, who's quite clearly I think a, a Galatasaray fan, is basically, oh yeah, this goal's coming back. Clearly, there's a foul there. You know, upon like 25 replays shown to all of us while we're waiting for a VAR uh, and of course that's a bit of a spoiler because yes Mustafa Mohammed's cross falls onto the head of Kadem Akhtar who places it perfectly goal blah 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 two nothing right but they're going to VAR surely this is going to be cancelled no biggie no biggie it's not it's a goal two nil yay um in the sort of argumentation process here where guys are claiming it was clearly a foul, Ersin Destanolu and Rashid Gezal each get 
yellow cards and in the 39th minute even before the half and uh under carvelli quite reactionarily if you will puts kyle laren on for kenan karaman and mishibachuai on for guven yalchin and i think the smart move would have been just you know if you want bachuai on fine but then slide guven up to that wing Sure, Kenan Karaman was probably the wrong call and whatever, but Gouven is, is productive there. He's He's got the hotter hand, per se, you know, relative to Laren, who has been quite off lately. But I mean, to Laren's credit, he came in somewhat hungry. He was a bit present, anyhow. But anyway, yeah, so a couple subs, a couple yellows. And we're going to the half, down. Two to nil. At the half, Joseph comes on for Atiba, and that's a, a it's a good sub. I'll grant that one. I, again, I don't mind put him him putting Michi on there either. It's just I don't think he needs to put Kyle Aaron on either. As well, but so two for three, not bad as, subs, as far as subs go. Alexandru Chikaldao comes on for Sofian Feguli for Galatasaray. today. Right out of the gates in the. 48th minute, Chikaldao gets a yellow card. I didn't actually notice that. In the 64th minute, sorry, in the 53rd minute rather, Valentin Ozier sends in, I mean, I don't even know how he got this cross off. It was pinpoint, A plus cross, onto the head of Kyle Laren, who has tons of space. No one else goes for it. And he just sends it wide. Just really poor placement with a header there. Which, you know, that was his strength. <clears throat> He's got 19 goals from the previous season. Like, I would say 70% of them on headers. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it sure felt like that. But not this season. He's just not feeling it for sure. Uh, 64th minute, Mustafa Mohamed sends in a shot. Close range. Erickson gets down. Wonderful save. Somehow on the deflection, it sort of caroms around, you know, like a uh, pinball and finds Mustafa Muhammad again, who gets another shot off. This time it's past Erson, but <coughs> Doma Gorjvita saving the day off the, off the line. Yay. Uh, Joseph Tussauds gets a yellow. Mustafa Muhammad gets a yellow in the 67th minute. Uh, Ryan Babo in the 68th minute comes off for Emre Kelinch. Sasha Bowie comes on for Omar El Abdelawi. Tembi Gomi comes on for Mustafa Mohamed. In the 79th minute, Ridvan Yamad comes on for Alex Teixeira. Which is an interesting move, no doubt. I don't know if uh, Ridvan or Umut moved to the wing in that instance. They're both, I mean, because we were pressing at this point down two goals. I, it didn't matter, honestly, but uh, perhaps I alternated. I, I really don't recall. Plus, I was I was deflated. Perhaps I wasn't paying attention here. Uh, Umer Bayram comes on in the 81st minute for Kerem Akturkolu, who gets, you know, his plaudits. Perhaps they would have wanted him to stay on try for that hat trick. Especially because, in the 82nd minute, a cross from Rashid Gazal, perfectly placed, comes on to the head of Ridvan Yilmaz, who again is just the only one who gets to it, and he 
disguise it with his head. I mean, it, it, it did not, sky is maybe an exaggeration. It kind of plops right up above the bar, but he was, again, the only one up. It was a bit far out, but still, you'd expect him to at least get it on target. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure what possesses it, so um, some sort of fancy footwork from Valentin Rosier, you know, where he's trying to get some space to send it across. And he does a pretty decent job of it, but for some reason, uh, Patrick Van Anholt gets really charged up on the ensuing play, like makes a nice tackle, and then like takes the ball and gets I mean, called for a foul, but he like takes the ball and slams it on the ground. And he's like, oh, this is our house. You can see, like, the, you know, he's very um, animated and he's shoving. So he's got, like, he's getting cocky, which is easy to do when you're up two goals and it's the 80-something, like 84th minute or something. Probably should have gotten a yellow card for that, right? It's completely, completely unnecessary. Very provocative. Uh, it's lucky he didn't start a fight. Especially, I mean, I think he's probably even in a way gunning for that with the dude with uh, Valentin Rosier, but Rosier doesn't. You no, know, he doesn't get a card or anything. Doesn't shove him. Instead, we react, and we act. We react. We react the right way. We start playing really attacking, aggressive football. And granted, it's the 84th minute, but that's what it took. I mean, that's why it's such a stupid thing to do for Van Anholt, and why I think I'm going to put him on the hit list. Patrick Van Anholt. You join your fellow defensive com compatriot, Victor Nelson, on the hit list. That's two guys on one back line. Talk about a irascible bunch. But yeah, just completely unnecessary, completely hot-headed. And you know what? It's stupid on multiple fronts. Not only is it annoying and petulant, but it's the type of thing that's bad tactically. You're riling up your opponent with some time left on the clock. You know you're going to get a ton of extra time with all the goals, goals scored and everything. So, and all the yellow cards and all the arguing. Actually, there, were, there had been no goals scored up to that, but it was just, there were so many stoppages. So you know what's coming. Uh, and then he just, you know, just be quiet until the end of the game. Then you can talk your crap if you really need to, which is still petulant and stupid. But he gets on the hit list because it's also bad tactically. So it's just, it's just really dumb. Really stupid move on his part. And he motivates our guys and they start playing well. Almost immediately. And a goal is scored just a minute later. Rashid Ghazal, who's been prying all match, finally sort of finds that perfect ball into Ridvan Yilmaz, who slams it in with his right foot. Ironically, it's probably one of the easiest saves Inyaki Pena could have made in the last, like, month. But it goes right through his legs, nutmegged. Um, so take that in your house, Van Anholt. And at this point, I'm just hoping we score again, just so someone can run up to him and be like, how's your house faring, pal? It's the 13th place. But it doesn't happen. Uh, but what does happen, actually, is just a few minutes later, Victor Nelson, who's already on the hit list, drags Kyle Aaron by the shirt, off balance, in the penalty box. Fully on replay, you see him grab his shirt, but they don't go to VAR. And what's interesting is that, like, one minute earlier, there was a very sort of, like, not questionable... Even if it had been a handball, it would have been so incidental. They don't, you know, you don't, they don't even look at it, but they actually take it to VAR, like kind of quietly on the on the sub screen while they're while they kind of play on. 
just one minute later, a, a very clear penalty in the box. Victor Nelson yanking on Kyle Laren's shirt when he's running the other direction and off and it, he's already kind of off balance. The yank pulls him down. I don't know how much more clear penalty you can get. I mean, perhaps that's an exaggeration, right? There, there are definitely clearer penalties, but this is, you know, all the pundits pretty much agreed, with the exception of like one. But yeah, they don't even take that to the air. So they take Nedjip's like very clear non-call to the air, but they take they don't take this one for some reason to it. And it seems like a much more clear-cut case for a review. They don't review it. The game ends two to one. Uh, Umer Bayram gets a yellow. Patrick van Anholt gets a yellow card in the fifth minute of extra time. Again, that should be his second yellow because of the way he passionately shouted Valentine Ozier and got in his face and yelled at him because the poor kid like dribbled well, had the audacity to try to, to play good football late in the game where we're trying to get it get a result still. So, it is what it is. Stats. Besiktas has 56% of the ball to their 44%. So, you know, they played on the counter a lot. Plus we played down, so. I mean, there were spells where they dominated in the first half, there's no doubt. I don't think anyone can really be disappointed with the result, per se. They probably deserved three points, especially considering that first half. But, on the other hand, we had a number of really close chances that did, just didn't quite go our way. And on top of that, perhaps more importantly, we were in it. And we could have easily have tied it, tied it up at the very end with a penalty that should have been awarded. So deserve it or not like that was dirty that was some foul play that's gonna oh like as always leave a sour taste in our mouths something always happens at that stadium so yeah uh we had 56 percent of the ball that said they had 19 shots to our 10 and they had seven shots on target to our one which suggests erson had a pretty solid game despite allowing two goals I don't think anyone who watched this game and saw those goals get scored feels like Erson should have done more, you know, bar the haters. That said, we missed one big chance. They missed two. We had 402 accurate passes at an 81% rate. They had 315 passes at a 78%. Sort of pedestrian numbers on their end, to be honest. Again, they didn't need numbers to be better, though. They just sort of played well and hit us on the counter pretty solidly, especially with Kadem in that first half. But so, yeah, of their 19 shots, three were off target, seven were on, as I mentioned, nine were blocked by defenders. Uh, in their case, or rather in our case, 10 shots, six off target, one on, three blocked by defenders. Let's talk about individual stats, huh? All of the players rated above seven, from the best on down. So we have the best player, high, most highly rated player, of course, Kerem Kolu. Then Mustafa Mohammed. Then Patrick Van Anholt. They don't take points away from him being a petulant dickhead. Then Thailand Antaliala, which is fairly shocking to me. Didn't understand that. Then Victor Nelson. He did make a number of great tackles. As much as, as he's on the hit list, and I don't like the dude. If only it wasn't such a dick. 
Then Rashid Gizal, the highest rated Besiktas player. I think most of us would agree. Then John Bozduan, who started out poorly for the most part, but really got it together and had a few nice passes late in the game. Then Ridvan Yilmaz, who is my man of the match. Came in, made an immediate impact. Really did. Obviously scored the goal, could have been another with his head, as I mentioned. But just, you know, there was a point where I thought, oh, this is the only guy who I'm trusting with the ball right now. Like, give it to, give it to Ridvan, let's see what he can create, you know? And I remember thinking that, and then literally, like, one of our last chances comes to him, and he has a chance to cross it into the box, and he, you know, stubs his toe or something, and, and the ball flails short to our defense and directly, and they almost get a little counter of it, and I went, oh. I jinxed him. Uh, but then beyond that, after Ridvan, still above seven, Berkan Kutlu, Marcao, Alex Teixeira, which is interesting. Then Alexandru Chikaldao and Omar El Abdelawi. Uh, Valentin Rosier, honorable mention, he's a 6.99, just under. We round up, he's in. But yeah, that's it. I'm not gonna like do. I'm not even gonna dive into any personal stuff. I'm giving Ridvan Man of the Match just because of his immediate impact. Even though he was just a, a late sub for the most part, still I thought it was. I, I bet many wouldn't wouldn't argue with me on that. I'm not gonna talk about who had poor outings or anything. You know, there's no need to bag on anyone. It was a bad game. I don't think we came out quite with the right tactics. I don't mind seeing John Bozduan. I would have rather have seen Joseph. That said, if he wasn't 100%, you know, if that's why he got brought off the bench rather than playing the whole, whole game, you know, I guess I can't really argue with it. Kenan on the left wing, you know, not a big fan. I'd rather see Guven there and Mishi up front. I know a lot of people aren't hot on Mishi Bachuai, but gotta keep Kenan off the, off the pitch basically <sighs> I guess what's left of course the standing the good news is that Galatasaray despite the win is still seven points behind us in 11th place so they're they're posting troll tweets and stuff like they just won the freaking World Cup and all they've simply done is move up two spots into 11th place seven points back on us for the record Granted, there's still nine matches left, and we could still drop plenty of points, clearly, but, you know, just a weird tone to strike at this stage of the season. I get their, their hype, you know, they have Barca, they, they came off a pretty good draw against Barca midweek. It's the hope to, to come back to Istanbul with this momentum now, right, and, and maybe get a result against Barca. I was rooting for them. I guess in theory I still am, but it's hard after that. Especially what, like the way a lot of their fans reacted to, to yeah. Like not the most enthralling, like shouldn't be the most confidence-inspiring victory to be 100% honest. Second goal is questionable with the foul by, by Mustafa Mohamed. There's a, a penalty that should quite clearly have been called very late in the match. It could have equalized regardless. And if there was justice, could have actually taken us ahead. Perhaps. So I don't know, man. I don't know, but whatever. Um, 
So yeah, there's Gladstone in 11th place with 38 points, equal with Antalya and Kayseri, but right between them, based on goal differential. Kayseri is above them in 10th. Fatih Karagumruk above them in, uh, with, uh, in 9th place, rather, with 40 points. And then Besiktas in 8th with 45. With that said, uh, Adana Demirspor also has 45, though they're in 7th. And Alanya and Hatay each have 46. Alanya above Hatay. And in fact, Bashakshi here in fourth place only has 47, so they're still very much within reach. In third place, Fenerbahce has 50 points, just five points ahead of Besiktas. Of course, Konyaspor now in second place has 55 points. And now that is 10 points ahead of Besiktas requires four matches going against Konyaspor and four matches, those very same four matches rather. In fact, basically Besiktas has a win out and Konya has to drop four of their remaining nine matches for that to be a possibility. It's not like impossible, but it's clearly not likely. And it's also, I mean, especially it's not likely that Besiktas wins out the season at this point. And so we have a bit of a conundrum still, right? If you bring in a new coach right now, which would be beneficial, clearly, right? They could get to know the, the players we have, see who's worth keeping around, you know, start to sort of get a semblance of what they want to do next season. But the problem is with this roster, they're, they're probably not going to get good results. And you have a lot of people who still have this hope for like, oh, second place, we can still get the Champions League. Which is honestly not very realistic, but... As long as that hope is still there, you're gonna have folks who could potentially be really angered by this new coach, like not doing everything to win, right? If, he's, if he tries to rotate as much as possible to see as many of his players, which is what he should do if he were to come in. So we run the risk of bringing in a new coach and having him lose support of half of the fans or more before he even gets a chance to really do anything for real, right, next season. On the flip side, we're kind of wasting time right now, right? Like, I'm not anti Undead Caravelli. He's, he's a good dude. He's done his best. It's just, no, I mean, this is a big first gig for a manager, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. It's like, on the one hand, this is sort of, a, this is like a lame duck season at this point. I think we can go a few more, get four a few more matches if, if we, make a run, you know, and, and if we feel like there's a chance for second place, we let Lundell, like finish out the season. Otherwise, I think once it's clear we're not getting what we want out of this season at all. I mean, and obviously we're not gonna, we're not winning the championship. But when it's clear that we're, we're, we're not even, like second place is, is not even mathematically possible, hopefully there's still maybe five, six, seven matches left. I mean, hopefully, no, I, hopefully we, we get second place, sorry. But you know what I mean. If not, then hopefully. Uh, there's still a few matches for, for another coach to come in and, and play around, right? Nobody cares if he fools around completely and just gets a look at every player on the, in the, on the squad, just so that he has a sense of what's, what's coming next season and what to do with players that, that are currently on the roster, who he wants to keep, who he could let go of, etc., etc., etc. So, I mean, for me, that would be the course of action. See if you can make a run in these next couple of matches. 
if not, you make the change when things are kind of done and dusted in the standings. And let the new guy tinker for a few minutes. You know, give him that sort of summer to really be fully in charge. You know, they can have meetings with players right out of the gates, right as the season comes to an end. You know, season review, whatever it is. So for me, that's, that's how I would play it. We shall see what happens. Um, you know, it is what it is, guys. Gals. Folks. You know? Hopefully there's something to come of the season. Most likely. It's not in the cards for us. It's just that kind of year for us, folks. It happens. We had such glory last season. What can you hope for? Now, this was a tough stretch. I remember going into the Kaiser Day Cup match saying these next, this next sequence was going to be important. And in fact, I think I started with away in Sivaspor and we had the huge win there. And I thought, okay, here we go. Like starting this big sequence of matches, of really difficult matches, with a bang. And then, you know, crept the bed against Kaiser Spor at home in the Cup. Got a draw against Basakshi here. Barely squeaked that one out. And then the final inglorious moment, a derby loss. Granted, you know, in a hostile environment at Galatasaray Stadium, tons of fans who are hyped up because of their Europa League run, getting amped up for this midweek match against Barcelona, I think. So perhaps timing wasn't ideal. On the other hand, they should have been fatigued. So, I mean, no excuses. Anyway, next up, Saturday, March 19th. At home, hosting Hatay Spor. Hatay Spor is, in fact, ahead of us in sixth place. Just one point ahead of us. So a victory would send us above them, ensuring that we at least move up one spot in the stand. And of course, that with the way things are, you know, the guys above, there are enough teams above us that they're likely one or two playing against each other. You know, what? whatever, let's dig in, why not? So anyway, we're gonna be hosting Hatay Spor. Saturday, March 19th, noon here in New York City. Check your local listings. Elsewhere in the standings, Trabzon's on the road against Rize. Who cares? They've got the championship. Nobody really uh, time to talk about it. Fener, on the, on the other hand, is hosting Konya Spor. So one of those guys is losing. That's second against third place for you right there. For Fenerbahce, of course, that's a big chance to make a run at that Champions League spot. I'm torn between, like, you know, at least I'd like to catch Fener first. Maybe we should just hope for a draw there. Uh, anyway, Basakshi here will be on the road against Adana Demirspor. See, look at that. They're also both ahead of us. Basakshi in fourth place, Adana Demirspor level with us on 45 points, but right above us on goal differential. We're playing Hatay, who's above us. And then Gostepe is hosting Alanya. Gostepe, of course, in the relegation zones. They have plenty to play for, but additionally, they suck. So, you know, that one might not go our way necessarily, but yeah, you know, certainly it looks like we could jump up three, if not four places, if we get a win here go as high as fourth place in theory uh, it's it, you expect two sides 
Well, Konya is gonna definitely stay above us, right? And Fener is also definitely gonna stay above us. So we can't go into third place. But we could pass Bashakji, we could pass Alana. We could pass Hatai, that would be a victory. And we can pass Adana Demir. If they draw, and Basha, uh, if they draw against Bashakshi here, we'd be level with Bashakshi here, and we'd pass Adana Demir. <coughs> Conversely, I guess, right? If Adana Demir score wins, and we win, we're still level with them on 48 points, but we both pass Bashakshi here. So, I mean, yeah, I guess now. The, the, the best we can do is, is fifth place this week, as a matter of fact, I think. But of course, that's not guaranteed. What we need to do is win, and that stands to reason from here on out. With that said, I'm done. Peace out, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. And as always, let's go, Bushington! Peace out, everyone. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.